It's no secret that clients can complain on social media and on reviews. This week, we want to talk about what happens when a veterinary clinic responds negatively to that client and then faces a board reprimand. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and viewfinders. It's no secret we've been talking about the wars that occur on our social media or on online review sites. People complain. They give us one stars. They say things that aren't true. And most of the time, we just sit back and take it. But what happens when a veterinarian or a hospital administrator or someone representing the clinic fires back? It turns out that some veterinarians may be winding up in legal hot water. But before we talk about that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, come on, social media. Look, there's a lot of problems with social media. And one of them is the assault that many veterinary clinics face feel, literally, or experience from clients who complain about their services. I mean, this is something that you have talked about with your colleagues quite extensively. Oh, I whew, all the time. And it's changing. It feels like by the day we keep facing these issues in various, um, you know, platforms. And it seems like as soon as we kind of create rules and guidelines and thought processes behind one, another platform comes out. And then on top of that, I think kind of the rules of engagement are changing. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and viewfinders, we totally respect and I will acknowledge and it is a fact that your online review status, whether you've got three stars, four stars or five stars, can impact your clinic's productivity, revenue, bottom line, all that stuff, right? I mean, it has real world implications. So when that client complains legitimately or not, and they give you that one star review, it can knock your bottom line down. So we we appreciate this, right? I mean, this is a real issue that we all face in the real world. But I think there's a right way to handle it and a wrong way to handle it. And, and Becky, I, I mean, this just came up in our state recently. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate because um, I think I would be surprised to hear back from any regulatory agency that I was being monitored online or that I had lacked professionalism in a response. Like right. if I if I got online and attacked a client, I guess, sure. But if I was responding in what I felt was fair and if I felt it was a matter of standing up for myself. See, I think that some of this helplessness that we feel in our industry is like, oh, I can't I can't reply, but I can't do that. We allow ourselves to get bulldozed, I feel like a little bit. And now it sort of feels like our regulatory agencies are encouraging us to just go ahead and get bulldozed because we can't go ahead and say anything back. Well, and it's really complicated, Becky. I mean, you know, so so there there are definitely boundaries within professionalism and ethics that we have to adhere by. And I thought I'd share with you guys something that uh, we just received in our state from the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Board. Now, this came out in December. It was part of their December regulatory bulletin. And uh, I thought I would read from the front page just a, a brief sn- snippet of, of what they said to us. And I'm quoting now at this point, quote, The board, and this is again referring to the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Board, 
Quote, the board has seen an increase in grievances slash complaints where a client makes a bad review or remark on a Google review or social media. The veterinarian or hospital administration engages the client in the public forum and starts a, quote, Twitter war. And what should have been handled in an open, frank, and private conversation becomes public and hostile and escalates to a complaint being filed with the board. The medicine in the case may not have been bad or wrong, and many times there is no fault found with the specifics of the medical complaint. But, and this is important, viewfinders, quote, but the ethics and lack of professionalism is found with fault, and there has been discipline for this. Additionally, we have seen where the public feud, the Twitter war, is also used in civil cases against the veterinarian. Remember, if you wouldn't say it directly to someone's face, don't say it on social media, including responses back to reviews. Additionally, once it is put on the internet, there is no getting it back. Investigators, whether it's through a government licensing agency or a civil legal battle or a reporter, look and judge these comments. Close quote. So, Becky, I mean, they're they're painting out a very typical picture to me. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But do they have a right? I mean, I guess that's kind of it is it's like where are the guidelines that are, are outlining what is considered professional in whose opinion is it that we've crossed professional lines and have we updated these guidelines since 1920 to include some of these scenarios because they're very different than they used to be. Yeah, I agree. And 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 it is ambiguous. And even if you look at the AVMA, you know, code of professional conduct and ethics guidelines and stuff like that, it's it's a bit vague. And like Becky said, it's really not contemporary, especially with this this type of communication. But I do want to read a little bit how they respond to Becky's concern. It's like, okay, so what is professionalism? Like maybe my comment I view as perfectly professional and, and appropriate, and you think it's not. And why are you guys coming at me? Um, and I'm gonna continue reading from the front page of the North. North Carolina Veterinary Medical Board, December Regulatory Bulletin. Quote, I leave you with Webster's definition of professionalism. The conduct, aims, or qualities that characterize or mark a profession or a professional person. Ethics and professional demeanor do matter. Please think before you knee-jerk a response to a bad review or posting. Remember, once it's posted, there is no longer a delete button. End quote. So, Becky, I mean, I don't so you know that you got your... didn't leave us with the definition. I just want to bring back <laughs> right, that's exactly. not actually what you left us with. You, you included the uh, definition and you left us with your opinion. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> right. The conduct, <laughs> aims, or qualities that characterize a professional person. I mean, so, so this is where I think, you know, viewfinders, we're going to say exercise caution because this is now becoming an issue. I mean, as they state, the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Board has seen an increase in grievances or complaints where a client makes a bad review and then the vet comes back, you know. Now, Becky, to further sort of, I think, boost and foster their case, they do give some examples. Would you like to to hear some of those examples? Oh, you know I do. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to start off with the positive things. So so they they say, uh, and I'm quoting now, quote, one is certainly in their right to defend their reputations, but it is critical to maintain your professional behavior while doing so. Someone makes a bad review, do say things like, quote, we appreciate your business and ask that you call the office to discuss. Quote, we are sorry this occurred and want to discuss with you so we can make this right. Quote, 
We have reached out to try and discuss this with you. Please call us so we can determine next steps. And I'm going to close quotes for now because honestly, I think those are appropriate responses. Try to take it offline whenever possible, right? So what they're saying is somebody posts and they say, you guys are the worst things ever. And, you know, they they made me wait two hours and charge me $9,000. I mean, right. So honestly, try to take it offline. Becky, what do you think about that first, you know, thing, their recommendations of what to say? Sure. I think that's fine. <laughs> okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think to me, the problem is whatever. Yes, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. It just doesn't always work. Um, well, let's. I want to get yes. into the things not to Please. say because I'm guessing, guys and viewfinders, I'm speculating that no, I have not said these things. I've probably, said but them I'm all. guessing that they probably are drawing these from case examples because sure, sure. they these are very specific, and that's what caught my eye when I read the president's <laughs> okay, letter. So here we go. Quote: Don't say things like quote. If you hadn't been yelling in the reception area at everyone, your cat wouldn't have been scared, and it is your fault your cat died. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Slam dunk. Close quote, guys. That just seems very specific. Like, you know, if I'm writing the president's letter on behalf of the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Board and I'm going, you know, I'm going to use my imagination to try to conjure up what might happen. That sounded pretty darn specific to me. So, wow. All right. But there's more. There's more. Quote, you were wrong to keep the dog in the carrier while waiting and you caused your dog harm. Another one. Quote, you were a... I can't say it on the radio, on the podcast, but you are a B-I-E-C-H-A. You are a B-I-E-C-H-A. Never come back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's got to feel so good. It's got to feel good, but it okay. came back on him. Quote, whether these things are true or not, airing dirty laundry in public never turns out well. Close quote. Thanks, Mom, for telling I me like that. that <laughs> no, I like that one. I think that's a good one, too. Yeah. I don't think that's unprofessional. <laughs> so viewfinders, you can see the dilemma, right? Because these people are able, they're using language. They probably called the veterinarian a biacha, right? And and so then you feel like Becky is saying, I want to give it right back. I want to fire back, you know? Uh, but if you do, you've now apparently crossed a professionalism boundary. And so these people are, are actually being brought up to with board complaints and being charged and, and I, found found at fault. I mean, uh, fine. I get uh, like, like, so yes, if uh, to so, those examples, uh, while incredibly specific, definitely probably could have been handled better, right? But at the same time, too, I'm not so sure. I still agree that the board has a right to discipline based on conversation, the choice I have for the freedom of speech. Um, and that, that does include, you know, social media. And I kind of think they're starting to impede on, on our, our fundamental right when they're saying, I'm going to take what you said and decide it was unprofessional with very vague guidelines. And, um, I'm going to make you have fear on top of frustration. Well, Becky, I want to throw the viewfinders a complete curve that applies directly to this because Becky is making, in my opinion, a very legitimate point. She's saying that, look, this is free speech. If I want to call a client a bad name, that's on me. You know, that's, that's not between me and the medical board. That's between me and the client. Right. And so we can argue that. And, and look, I'm, I tend to agree that we shouldn't be using that kind of threatening language because I just think it's disrespectful. Sure. But that's your personal feeling on it. Right. Like that's that's right. We don't have to agree with it, but I don't think it's disciplinary level. 
And, and that's a good point because here's what we've seen during the pandemic. And this is the curveball I want to kind of posit to the viewfinders and see what you think about it. So there were tons of, not tons, but there were many medical professionals, licensed MDs who spouted some crazy nonsense. Crazy is not the right word, but some absolutely false medical information and advice during the pandemic. And you guys know these people. You've probably seen their their posts. And you know they were saying all kinds of things that just were, were not based in science. Well, many of their colleagues went to the medical boards and said, you got to censure this person. You got to pull their license. You got to do something to, to take them down, right? You know, and guess what the medical board said, Becky? Freedom of speech, just like you said, right? They said, we are very limited in our powers and scope to, to impact or influence or stop this type of discourse. So you get it, Becky? Like, it's like, wait a second. This is where I think your friction is beginning, right? Yeah, like... My thing is, is you can go on social media, you can go on whatever platform you want, you can spit out, spot out whatever you want, and nobody can do anything about it. But when you defend yourself, when you defend your team, when you bent over backwards for that B word, and she was still ungrateful, and she still yelled at your team, and she she yelled at these people who you're watching sacrifice all day, every day to save pets. You've had it. You're you're going to stand up for them. That feels fair. That feels right, you know. But if I'm out here talking about crazy talk and and encouraging you know X, Y, or Z through social media as a veterinarian, and and several of them are not even correct, you know. Um, or if I feel like I can drop a little spay neuter advice while I dance on my table to get your view, <laughs> right. nobody can cover that as unprofessional. And so to me, this. This is shockingly with the board a double standard, number one. Number two, poorly defined as usual. And three, we are taking entitlements as a board that we are not allowed to have and we're just sort of picking and choosing where we're going to follow up. And I'll tell you, these power hungry boards are going to get themselves in trouble eventually because they aren't approaching these things the right way. Right. And what kind of struck a chord with me as I was reading this in December and why we wanted to talk about it uh, on the podcast is because of what ex- exactly what Becky just said. Because let's say you go on your your YouTube channel, you go on your Instagram feed, whatever, right? You're on TikTok and you're, you're wearing your white coat, you're wearing a stethoscope, you know, you're very professional and you speak calmly and confidently to the camera and you say things like, you know, if you spay your dog, it's going to grow uh, five legs and actually the devil will come out of its ears and sneak into your brain at night and, and take over your thoughts. Is that professionalism? I mean, you know, Becky, where's the board in that? Because this whole thing was on social president's letter, social media and professionalism. And, and so I, I guess what I'm worried about is, are they now saying, OK, it's how you say it, you know, medically, we're not even, you know, this is very confusing waters to me. Very confusing. Yeah, it's terrifying, actually, if you think about it. Right. And the other thing is, is that they've taken the time to write um a, a maybe grammatically insufficient letter to everyone instead of taking the time to make a policy, to do some research. So so they sat down, they wrote their opinion, they wrote their thoughts, they had their, like, I'm talking to my teenager at middle school and saying, you don't punch the bully back, you be the bigger person. And that's, like, I feel like what they're saying instead of, you know, the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Board will refer you to these statutes and to this part of our Practice Act that 
defines professionalism as X, Y, and Z, but they don't have their act together. And I'm not picking on North Carolina. Well, I'm always picking on North Carolina, but I'm not specifically picking on North Carolina in this in this case. Just happens to have come from them. But any medical board, if you aren't pointing pointing me to statutes that back up what you're saying, it is simply your advice. And I think that's the problem with these medical boards in some cases, Um, much like all kinds of associations and boards. They're run by people who have a different profession, right? They're run by veterinarians and one veterinary technician to come together and decide that they know how to do all of these things. Right. Um, There's no extra training. There's no regulatory learning. And they just kind of put themselves, I think, at risk. You know, I've talked openly about monopolization on boards and, and the concerns for the decision making being in the hands of the money makers right now at the sake of monologuing at you there's a second part to this that that drives me crazy and it is that unaccountability right so what they're doing yeah. is they're picking and choosing where they can be accountable but similar to veterinary assistants right they're allowed to be in the practice they're allowed to do what they do by the veterinarian x y and z but they are not regulated by the veterinary medical board because they are not licensed right so they can do whatever they want and the board really can't do anything about them and it's not even written in the statutes that the veterinarian is responsible for this so this brings me back to can the veterinary medical board even be making comments on this if it isn't the veterinarian who's making these statements? It's the receptionist. Is it the veterinary assistant? Because you have no regulatory rights over them and you need to settle down. Are you holding the veterinary responsible for what's getting said on social media because of the practice? And if that's the case, you might want to expand those thoughts into actual services. So the picking and the choosing and the selectiveness of how they're going about this while they may be threatening implications toward veterinarians, are towing the line of legal implications themselves. Yeah, that's a really good point, Becky. And everything she said is actually true. So so I agree. And again, we're not picking on North Carolina. That's just where we both live, reside, well, and practice. Well, where this letter came from, right? right. Where and, this started. And, and we got it. And and maybe you received one in Idaho or California, similar you know content. And we'd like to hear viewfinders yeah. if your state medical board or veterinary medical board is also sending you these, these kinds of, of documents. And I do want to just review because what Becky said is salient. And let me just go back to, the, to re-quote from the letter. Quote, the medicine in the case may not have been bad or wrong. And many times there is no fault found with the specifics of the medical complaint, but the ethics and lack of professionalism is found with fault and there has been discipline for this. Quote, so Becky, I mean, sounds like already this has come up, it's been heard, and the vet was found guilty. The other part that Becky brings up, it's like, wait a second. Okay, I get it. You guys have uh, jurisprudence over the veterinarian, right? But in the letter, it says, quote, the veterinarian or hospital administration engages, uh, close quote. So, Becky, I mean, again, uh, unless the hospital administration is a veterinarian licensed by the North Carolina State uh, Veterinary Medical Board. Or technician. uh, right. I, 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 I'm, I'm right. perplexed, you know, unless they hold a license that they get to regulate, they don't get to regulate and they are picking and choosing. Um, and again, I, I think it's a matter of convenience. I think it's hard to tackle this huge ball of wax and they just trying to keep up instead of getting in front of it. Um, and and in meanwhile, We've got some real crazy pants stuff going on on social media and ideas and statements. And, and, you know, I even argue simply go on Indeed and pull resumes for registers, pull resumes that say veterinary technician in any state where the title is protected and see how many of those resumes actually link to a veterinary technician license and schooling. 
If you're so bored, why don't you start going and enforcing things like that that make a big difference than then diminishing the ability for these individuals within the clinic to say enough is enough and clients are not going to bully us. Clients are not going to threaten our lives. Clients are not going to scream in the lobby. Clients are not going to name call. It is so disheartening for me to think that like one time the vet practice stood up for themselves and then they got a regulatory letter from the veterinarians on this board who have decided that they have a right to to determine between the lines professionalism and accusing the veterinarian immediately of being the one to make these comments. And I think that they are really pushing their luck and it's going to backfire. We really need clear, clear guidelines and regulatory statutes so we can follow these or stop. You know, Becky, I really wish you would share your opinions a little more I'm you know, sorry. passionately. I try really you know, hard. I, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, I, I just so want to try to draw here. the energy out of you, you know, but it's it's hard. I'm always, you know, the one having you to do it all. You see my arms flying. <laughs> I'm in my podcast studio over here, like pointing and yelling. I'm so mad, but I'm mad because I, 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 I know what, like, literally had a conversation with a veterinarian yesterday who grew his one small practice. He became an associate veterinarian, grew the one practice from $600,000 a year in 2009 to $10 million in 2019. And that was by growing several other clinics, several other practices, things like that. They started a specialty clinic in town. Um, they wanted specialty services. They they got all their specialty practice guys on board. And another clinic that was anonymous name started talking smack on social media, basically literally brought them down. They had to close the clinic over it. It, it became such a big deal on social media. They convinced so many people bad medicine was going on there. They literally used social media to shut down this practice entirely. Wow. We have heard situations where clients have driven veterinarians to Suicide, suicide to yep. literally ending their lives over social media bullying and the board solution is to come back and reprimand the clinic that is what's driving me so crazy yeah and, and look viewfinders i want to be clear my position on this is don't be a jerk on yeah online media social media right what i what i fear with this is it does send a chilling effect right to your right to defend yourself online and look i don't right. think you should match you know anger with anger you know uncivil with with more uncivility. I, I don't agree with that. But having said that, you know, I, I really worry if state veterinary medical boards across the country are starting now to overstep into another area. And honestly, like Becky said, there's so many more important things that, that probably we should be addressing. And, and I will start with misinformation by veterinary professionals out there on TikTok. Just going to stop right there. And it occurs to me, you know, in this new society, I've been kind of dabbling in this um, idea of radical empathy, which it doesn't sound like I'm practicing with the board, and maybe I need to <laughs> reflect a little on that. Um, but radical empathy, right, and, and really trying to see where other people come from. Could the solution for the board be call the clinic and say, hey, are you okay? Are Is everybody okay? Because – I saw this comment and I saw this explosion. It ended up on our desk and I'm looking at all your other social media posts and you've never exploded like this at a client. And how are you doing? Are you okay? Like, like, could we actually come to the clinic with kindness and say, this isn't like you, Ernie, if you blew up at me, like if you came at me with like some negativity or if I walked in a restaurant, you were eating a steak, like my response would be, (laughs) are you okay? You're doing something that's really outside of the norm for you. Right. 
I don't necessarily have to come back being defensive and angry at you for not being yourself, but like, could we actually approach somebody in these situations with kindness and empathy and say, hey, I saw this is going on online. This must be really hard for you. How is it affecting you? And how can we help you mitigate this situation? Maybe that would be an effective and helpful medical board. Yeah, exactly. And again, I just, where I think the veterinary medical boards should address this or how they should is a little bit broader in scope. They should say, hey, you know, we're also concerned about veterinarians that are, you know, as Becky said, spewing out misinformation that might be harmful to pets and people, right? I mean, you know, especially for a profit motive, you know, we want people to disclose when they're advertising on their TikTok, right? I mean, we want to make sure that people understand the motive behind your postings and and your whatever. And so, yeah, I think that, I don't know. This one, this is a really interesting discussion, viewfinders. And and again, we're not singling out our state. We're just saying, hey, that's what came across our desk, and we wanted to talk about it because we figure it's happening elsewhere. But we do think that as we move into this new era of communication, I think that's really where the tension begins because social media is a different way to interact with people than, as they mentioned in their letter, than the old way of private conversation. You know, I mean, you, you don't get the you don't get them on the phone. You don't get them in the exam room. Com, com, you know, confidentially anymore. Like, you know, they're going to post on on Yelp or Google reviews. And so how do we actually address that? And again, we don't have solutions. I can say, again, I've written about this. I've lectured exhaustively. I do try to take it offline. You know, I do try to say, nope, that's not what happened. Let's talk about it. Nope, that's not what happened. We've been trying to talk to you about this for the past week and you haven't responded because you can show the world that you're not a jerk. And you can also say you're wrong in a plight, I think, and quote unquote professional manner. But boy, we need guidelines, guys. Yeah. And I just think overall, again, we're kind yeah. of behind the boat on this. In <laughs> in the year 2015, 16, 17, I might have cared more about reviews. But now when I see a blasting review, I'm like, oh, you ended up with a Karen for a client, didn't you? Like, I don't yeah. take that review to heart and think like, unless I see multiple people saying I had that same experience, I had that same experience. And so to to those who are listening saying, but it feels so good to write back, which I am that per I pop off. You guys know me. I, I have a hard time controlling it. Um, I, I don't listen. They don't hold water anymore, you guys. And so one, um, I think it's okay to um, want to defend yourself and to feel like you want to be justified. Like, I understand that. And if you choose to do that, I don't think less of you as a veterinarian or a practitioner. Your board might, but at least over here in this little corner of the world, you can come to me and I'll trash talk that client with you. Um, But at the same time, too, try in this really heightened state of like, like we've been talking about this for a year now, right, Dr. Ernie? Like like people are just charged, you know? So is it something you want to say? Is it something you want to never go away online? Is it how, you know, I've definitely said and done things I regret and I like to grow from those moments. The difference is is I just don't need a regulatory agency swooping in like mom pointing out what I did wrong. (laughs) I think there's better ways to deal with it. Um, And to their point, they might just be trying to help get ahead of this and they might be thinking this is getting ahead of it. Like, hey, guys, just remember. Um, But I don't think it came very empathetically from them. And I think that all agencies, all organizations and all individuals have to think about their wording 
a lot more thoughtfully. I, I almost feel like it's like a a double standard. They're like, hey, be professional, while the memo wasn't really all that professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, you know, I, no addressing the the intentional misinformation, misleading of the public. And look, guys, we've already seen this throughout the pandemic on the human physician side, and you know, I mean, or the physician side. You know what I'm talking about? The human doctors, uh, the yeah. people that work on us. Um, you know, and they the medical boards were largely powerless to stop any of that. And you know, I, I read a thing. And I'm probably going to misquote it, but but Becky, they said I remember reading this thing, this uh, analysis of all the misinformation, and they were like, you know, there were really seven medical doctors that were responsible for like 80 percent of all of the nonsense that was confusing yeah. the public out there. So you know, it's small group, and yet they were powerless to do anything against them. So viewfinders, we really want to know what you think about this topic. I mean, this is a tough topic, and we know there's a lot of different opinions. Uh, I do think you can be professional and defend yourself. I don't think you have to resort to using foul language to a client. But at the same time, you know, if you do, is that your professional prerogative? I really want to hear from you. Yeah, studies show that using bad words means you're more intelligent. This person over here loves them <laughs> and I highly strongly support them. Um, but it just don't say something you can't live with and please don't say it on our social media yeah. over at Veterinary Viewfinder. <laughs> I'm telling the board if you do. <laughs> and on Instagram. That's why we're reporting you. That's uh, right. Oh gosh. <laughs> at Vet Viewfinder and you can email us at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. That's right guys. Until next week you guys stay sane and stay safe and, uh, and stay out of a regulatory disciplinary action online. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Have a great beep week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>